Today, we're talking to a longtime PR expert to find out how to get our companies in the media and what it looks like to build a healthy, thriving media relations program. Welcome to the Content Marketing Engineered Media Mini-Series, where we're learning from media experts about how working with external news outlets and trade publications fits into your content marketing strategy. In today's episode with Lisa Peterson, we'll cover media relations. We use the term earned media a lot in this episode. Earned media is when your company is featured by journalists in their editorial content. This content is just what it says it is. It's earned. You can't purchase it. Instead, you meet with journalists, share your story, talk about your product or service, and if they find what they hear compelling, they'll write about it. In this episode, we talk through five key elements of a PR campaign. We talk about how to connect with editors, and we also talk about the role of in-person events as well as other topics. Right off the bat, I make a quick mistake when I say that Lisa was at Dell for 10 years. Um, in fact, it was only five years, but when you hear about the campaign she led and all the awards that she won, uh, it's easy to assume it was longer. At the end of this episode, Lisa gives her number one step that anybody can do this week to start the basics of a media relations campaign. And it's easier than you think. So make sure you listen for that at the end. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. As you may have noticed, I'm not Wendy Covey. I'm Morgan Norris, a senior brand and content strategist, and I'm hosting this media mini series for Wendy to take a deep dive into technical B2B media. From editorial to advertising to trade publications, we're gonna figure out when and how to pursue media opportunities to build your brand, gain thought leadership, engage with the technical community, and promote your products and services. I hope you leave each episode of this mini-series ready to take action. Before we begin, I'd like to give a brief shout out to our agency, True Marketing. True is a full-service agency located in Austin, Texas, serving highly technical companies. For more information about True, you can visit truemarketing.com. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Content Marketing Engineer. Today, I am joined by Lisa Peterson. Lisa owns a PR firm in Austin, Texas, and prior to that, she spent a decade in global communications at Dell, and even before that, uh, worked at various PR agencies representing technology brands and everybody from Mick Jagger and Sir Elton John to um, Pricewaterhouse. So you've got a lot of knowledge and experience here in Lisa. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Morgan, for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do kind of day to day right now. Okay, perfect. So a little bit about me. Like you said, I got my start, you know, working with some celebrity PR in Manhattan. And this was back in the day, I'm going to date myself, but this was back in the day when we did internships before we graduated college. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in New York interning and it, and it turned into a four-year stint doing celebrity PR. Then I made the move to Austin and realized that really the only, the only PR opportunities were tech. Yeah. I was coming from a music background, thought that I was going to get to come into Austin, the live music capital of the world. And, um, but there weren't exactly necessarily quote unquote that Mick Jagger's down here. So I was like, uh Oh, (laughs) so I had to ramp on technology very, very fast and ended up at Porter Novelli where I got a ton of experience Um, working with everything from the smallest Silicon Valley startup to some of the biggest, you know, fortune 500 companies 
around like PwC, Yahoo, HP, things of that nature. Um, after, after a few years at Porter Novelli, I then went to Dell where I ran North America consumer PR for five years. Then I took a few years off to become a mommy. And so I've got a little six-year-old at home and have recently hung my own shingle and have started my own consulting firm, Lisa Peterson PR. Awesome. I love that. And I, it sounds like you probably were able in the beginning of your career to really grow with some of those tech companies as they were kind of booming out of Austin. So absolutely great experience. So Lisa's here today. And one thing I really want her to focus on and just help us understand is what it is like to work with media. I was telling Lisa before we got on, I think it's so easy to have a product or kind of have a new idea or a new service you're building and say, hey, let's get this in the press. And it is so much harder than uh, just saying that. I know it involves years and years of investment and relationship management and things like that. So tell me a little bit about if somebody is thinking about getting involved in media relations or a media outreach type of program, what are even, what even goes into that? What are kind of the core elements of a media outreach program? So first of all, I think there's five core elements for a media relations program. And the first one is research. So Mm -hmm. before we ever even pick up the phone or do anything with any press, we have to research these targets. So ways to do that are um, researching competitors, going to Google, researching your competitors, and then then identifying who is most appropriate Mm -hmm. at that outlet to talk to you. And so what we'll do is we'll find relevant coverage. And then we also work with um, two primary media software companies. They're called Cision and Muckrack. Okay. And I see a lot of companies using these services internally mm-hmm. as well on their own. So th- those are a cool couple of cool software companies to look into. Tell but, me about uh, tell me about Muckrack. So I know we use Cision for um, news wiring, PR news, they bought PR news yep. reason for news wiring. What else do you use Cision for? And then tell me about Muckrack in general. So I use Cision for my list building. Okay. And um, Cision is very is pretty comprehensive. There, you're able to do um, editorial calendar pitching from there. That's when magazines list out mm-hmm. in advance um, the stories that they're going to be working on each month, and so you have opportunities to get in, in front of those and pitch those. But they also include the media contact information. So if I'm Googling and I'm seeing that your competitor is getting picked up in a certain publication, I'll look at that reporter's name Mm -hmm. and then go to Cision or Muckrack, figure out their reporter's contact info and click add them to our press list. And you have to do that for each person. Okay. So you research, that's number one, Mm -hmm. you identify the target, make sure they're appropriate, you vet that target you know, by continuing to do a little bit more research. I often pull up their Twitter accounts and look and see what they've been tweeting about recently, what they've been writing about recently. The fourth step is to engage with the reporter once you have figured out that that reporter is perfect for your product. And then the fifth part of that is measuring uh, message pull through and um 
measuring the results of the outreach that you have done. But I just want to clarify, <laughs> if I might speak on behalf of all PR people across this nation, public relations is not fast. Yeah, it is a it is a relatively slow, strategic uh, art. Actually, it is an actually considered an art. And to build those relationships, you need to be pitching the right person at the right time because there's fewer reporters these days that are covering more beats and they're just as crazy as we are sometimes. Yeah. But so when you're vetting those, those contacts, are you looking for relevancy? Are you looking, what are you looking for? Who's a good contact for you when you're looking, you know, on behalf of a client, what makes yeah, sense? Exactly. I've got a perfect example of this. So, um, I just started working with a new client. It's a very, I'm going to promote them, but they're called, they're called the Jogo brewing straw. It's really cute. It's a little metallic straw you can mm -hmm. use to brew coffee and tea. Okay. So I'm pitching them for holiday. So in vetting these people, I'm going and looking at other products that are similar mm -hmm. and seeing where they're getting picked up, stealing those contacts, also looking at holiday gift guides in general mm -hmm. and seeing all these reporters. So Glamour, Elle, Vogue, Men's Health, all of these guys should have their holiday coming up soon. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing that they're already starting to write holiday. Mm -hmm. So those are people that I'm going to target for my own product. So that's going through the process of vetting, seeing what they're writing, checking them out, see what they're tweeting about recently yeah. before ever reaching out. That's my strategy. Yeah. Um, there are other people that, you know, do mass emails and things like that. And, and that's not advisable. You really want to personalize a pitch to a reporter. Yeah. So tell me this. So you're talking about engaging, engaging those people in the media. So what about, what if I'm a, so say I'm an engineering company that is new to media relations completely. How am I ever going to kind of make it through someone's inbox when they've been working with a large company like Dell for decades and decades, and they've got a relationship built there? How do you, how does somebody even kind of stand up to that? you know, the big presences in that are already there. Well, there's always reporters that are looking for the next big thing. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't be discouraged. That's for sure. Um, and if your competitors are getting covered, there's a good chance that you're going to get covered as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So as far as that goes, so I'm, I'm, I've engaged, I've built kind of a, a list of a handful of people. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to build and maintain relationships with those people? Um, so I know, you know, over time, especially when you've got products that are targeting a similar audience, you've really, you found these are the outlets that I think are right. These are probably the right people. So what does it look like to even maintain relationships with editors to be what it's got to be two way, right? You can't just be sort of 
pitching, kind of yelling at them all the time. You've got to be, they've got to be benefiting from it. So what do those relationships look like when they're healthy and maintained well? Absolutely. And by the way, I do think COVID has had a significant impact on our ability to make, you know, and keep those relationships right now with my clients for a lot of them, I'm pitching blindly because they're not people that I know. Yeah. Um, but over the years I've developed, um, really close relationships with press. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's done in person. So if you have a product that, that could launch at your industry trade show, go, go and meet the press, take Mm -hmm. your COVID precautions, do whatever you need to do, but go and, and, and you can start building those relationships. Once you have a relationship, you know, maintain it like you would a friend, Hmm. follow up with them and say, Hey, I saw your story this morning about such and such. And it really, you know, was an epiphany for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's where you're going with that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's really important because otherwise reporters are going to kind of feel used if you're only going to them with, you know, story ideas that you want, right. that's very one-sided. Take me back to the trade show comments. So trade shows have definitely been hurt by COVID. Um, what's the expectation? You know, you're going to a show, say, you know, you're going to a show at the end of the year. Are you trying to set up meetings with press before that show and, and kind of get them scheduled or booked? And then if you don't, is there you know, a chance to meet people at the show? How do you find out who's going to be at the show? How do you give us some trade show kind of tips? Yeah. And I'm dealing with that right now for a real, a big real estate show that's coming up where my client is attending because they know a lot of people, but there's no way for us to get the press list because they're not exhibiting. Okay. So a lot of times when you exhibit at the show, you can get it. You can typically gain access to the press list and then boom, you, you could hit them all yourself if you want and ask for a one-on-one meeting. Yep. But if you don't have access to the press list, you know, I'm just reaching out to my real estate industry publications mm-hmm. and asking, hey, are you headed to the show next month? If you are, I want to set you up with the CEO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what do they, what do those journalists expect at that meeting? You come and give an overview you do you walk them through a booth do you show them a demo of something what is it what are they expecting and and what would we need to be kind of ready for if we were able to secure a meeting with with a journalist at a show absolutely so just from a a back to basics you know tactic Mm -hmm. um you are gonna have to nail down your elevator speech got it you're going to have to nail down that elevator speech. These reporters' attention spans aren't long. So nail down your elevator speech. Get get in with a hot start. Boom. This is what we do. This is why we're the killer app. Yada, yada. Yep. Okay. And, um, but then I always love to have like a presentation ready. Okay. Just to, talk, just to talk through, you know, those key messages the product itself, why the product matters, the Mm -hmm. value proposition of it and, you know, where it's going to be available and, you know, things of that nature so that you actually have something 
to talk a, a, a managed conversation with the press. Yep. And PR people are there, by the way, to protect you. There have been some, you know, sometimes press have a reputation for being curmudgeons. Mm-hmm. And that rumor is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of them yep. can be, and they, they can kind of come in with some, with, with some questions that might catch you off guard. And that is what your PR person is there to do is to help guard you, protect you, make sure none of that kind of stuff is going on, but also to bring the horse to water. Yep. And by the way, your PR person does not need to be your subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. I just like to say that I like to say it's my job to bring the horse to water. I bring the reporter to you. It is up to you to sell that reporter. Yep. Definitely. You need to know your know your message, know your pitch for sure. And any customers or mm. any validating data that you have, any metrics, customer yes. commentary, things of that nature, um, for sure. Awesome. Get ready. Yes. Be, to being able to lead with that data, I'm sure is key to kind of giving a framework and a context for what you're even trying to pitch or promote. What about, um, what about, the concept of embargoes does that is that still a thing or has that like gone away with the internet i know in the in the early 2000s we would send content to editors early under embargo things like that what is how does that work now i definitely still use embargoes okay um at least when i was at dell for five years Mm -hmm. running their consumer um you know i like to go out early under embargo. And there was actually one campaign that turned out to be very successful. And it was one that I had to kind of fight for. And it it was like, instead of all of all these different departments pitching all the same press ad hoc in advance of CES, which is the Mm -hmm. huge consumer electronics show, you know, I decided that we need to join forces, all of us together, go on tour together Mm -hmm. And I also suggested that we go a month earlier in October. Okay. And so, oh man, you would have thought that, you know, I don't know, people were going nuts. They just couldn't handle it. And, um, but ultimately um, I won out and we did that and we were included in the wall street journal and Mm -hmm. in the New York times and all of these publications. And not only that, but we won the most awards Dell had won that year at CES and it was because we went early yeah. and we're able to get into that, into that stuff. So there's, um, for product launches and things of that nature, uh-huh. it, it's a lot. Okay. What about, um, press releases? So I mentioned we often are using peer newswire and things like that to wire press releases from your perspective, what's the role of the press release in a, PR program? So for me, and I love PR Newswire, Business Wire, either one of those are really the main ones. There are cheaper wires. I am just not convinced they offer the same SEO. Okay. I'm glad that that, I'm glad you bring that up because that's a question we get a lot and stick to PR Newswire because of the SEO and the longevity of it. Correct. Um, And I think a lot of the click-throughs that the news releases get to sites, especially when we're doing a website redesign, we're doing a brand new site or something like yep. that. It's great to kind of build traffic that way. 
Um, no, it for sure is. And so I, I would highly recommend them. Um, you know, and it doesn't even have to be for everything. Like I have a company in Austin that's looking to raise its profile and they just made, you know, several, they took several spots on several top 10 lists for the Austin business journal. Okay. So I'm recommending a press release yep. on, on that. It, now other press are not going to cover yep. another outlet, but it's letting your customers know it's yeah. letting, you know, other press know that you're making waves. Oh, Hey, wait, maybe I need to pay attention to these guys. Yeah. Um, so that is, that is one way I would use a press release, mm-hmm. but other obvious ways are product announcements and things like that. And going back to your embargo question, I, I would always do product announcement announcements under embargo. Okay. Now you do still have reporters that break embargoes. Mm-hmm. I have heard of that happening recently. And that's when a reporter runs the story before the date of the announcement. Mm-hmm. And they essentially break the embargo. Once they have broken the embargo, all the other press see it and they consider it go time. Yep. So um, embargoes can be tricky, but for the most part, you can trust reporters with them. Okay. That's good. That's helpful. As far as what a healthy PR program looks like, tell me what people can expect after a quarter or a year or five years down the road. What kind of things can they be looking for, um, you know, to signify a healthy PR program? Yeah, sure. Um, so having gotten to work with some of the bigger fortune 500 companies, seeing how they work, a lot of times we build out our plans first half and second half okay. of the year and then try to measure. We put metrics in there and try to measure yeah. against that. Um, sometimes you can do quarterly plans, but for clients that have longevity. So for example, PricewaterhouseCoopers was a client I worked on for almost nine years. Mm-hmm. That is that is so long in PR engagement. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's something I'm really proud of as well, but it's all about keeping the content fresh. Yeah. And um, even though we had relatively boring news, it was a quarterly survey. It was, int- I think it was interesting, but other people might think it was, it was venture capital. Sure. But um, Anyhow. So how do we work to keep that fresh and, and bring new ideas to the table? Yeah. Uh, you know, so instead of doing a quarterly conference call where all the reporters are on the call, we decided to, you know, go on the road and do it and do them in person. Okay. And, and again, that goes back to the relationship building yeah. of meeting the reporters. You know what, now that I've met, you know, Paul LaMonica at CNN, he answers my call whenever right. I email. Right. I love that. So I, I love that thought too of just changing it up and engaging in different ways over time. And so some kind of success and, and part of a healthy program means you don't just follow a prescriptive, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of quarterly plan, multiply it times four times, however many years you're doing this. And so I think that's awesome. Yeah. Tell me, um, so two more questions. First question is what about, companies that are services based. The reason I ask is because I think it's really clear and apparent kind of what you're pitching when you're a company that puts out products and 
new updates of a product and there's something very tangible. Mm -hmm. Um, But what about companies that are services companies? In our case, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of engineering services. It might be design services, things like that to add even further complexity. A lot of times they can't disclose what clients they're working for, who their clients are. Um, And that's kind of its own beast sometimes, but, but is known in the industry. um, And so it's not totally unusual. But how do services companies position themselves and stay relevant with the media? Well, I think, I mean, there's, I mean, it's such a broad topic mm-hmm. um, that there are, you know, I know, I know lots of folks who focus on B2B services and it's a very specialized yeah. market. And so for PR, mm-hmm. and so if somebody were to be looking for, you know, some assistance, I think that you would need to drill down and look for somebody that was very technical, mm-hmm. um, you know, somebody that could write technical white papers that could mm-hmm. be turned into um, blog posts or press pitches, things of that nature. Okay. You're probably going to have to get a little bit more creative, um, but it can absolutely be done. Okay. That's a, that's a great point. And as well, that technical content, when it can start as kind of a primer for a pitch or for background information, right. I'm sure is really helpful. What about um, contributed content? So does contributed content come up often? Do you pitch contributed content? What does that look like? Yeah, I personally don't because I focus on earned media. Mm-hmm. And so contributed content or sponsored content, I believe is paid for pay for play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I typically don't go that route. Mm -hmm. Now I have had, I have had Dell, I've seen Dell go that route with the New York times and it was very successful. Sure. Sure. So, but but again, that content for contributed content would need to be something, a hot topic, super relevant, super interesting, and probably a quick read. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. So we can't just um, put together anything and expect a publication to run it because it's already written. (laughs) Well, and you got to, you got to think about who's reading that publication. If you're talking about Forbes contributed content. Yeah. There, there's probably going to be some lay people that are going to be reading about it too. So you have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. And I, I love that even those are separated kind of that contributed content versus the completely true earned media. Um, and so for people to just understand that those are even just completely different buckets that have different processes and different relationships in place. And so, um, and I think that's, you know, all of the facets of PR and media relations and how they come together, um, just paints a really comprehensive picture, but also takes a ton of investment. And so I'm, I feel like, that I think people understand that um, after hearing you, I think it's just so easy to, you know, pick up a publication or scroll through articles online and, and feel like it should be easy to insert yourself in there. Right. Um, but that this is, this has been a great conversation. Any last kind of words from the wise or um, just little tips or tricks you have for people looking to just begin media relations, even if they're trying on their own. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best things that you can do is 
you know, you as as an engineer or a founder or you know whatever role you're playing and you're wanting to begin media relations, go after the publications you read. Think awesome. about yeah. the reporters that you like and the reporters that you read and start there. Hey, I really love this article you wrote about this. It, it impacted, you know, my work this way. I would love to have an intro conversation with you if you'd be interested. I love that. That's so accessible for people, right? Yeah. Um, especially just being able to reach out through platforms like LinkedIn yep. or Twitter or wherever they're seeing that editor publish content really, right? Um, yep. oh, I love that. I, I talked to a technical editor for this series a couple of weeks ago and um, he said, you know, just if, if, you, if you've got a topic that's really relevant and, and you've got somebody who wants to talk about it, just email me. And he yeah. said, you know, you might need to email me a couple times, but if it truly is relevant and interesting, then I would love to have a conversation about it. And so even starting those conversations about industry issues and things like that before you even have a product to sell or a, a big campaign like that. Right. Yes. Right. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, this has been perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me today on Content Marketing Engineered. For show notes, including links to any resources we talked about, visit truemarketing.com slash podcast. While you're there, you can subscribe to our blog and newsletter. And we've also got a book that Wendy authored called Content Marketing Engineered. It's about building and executing an end-to-end content marketing plan. I would also love your reviews on this podcast. So when you get a chance, subscribe, rate, and review Content Marketing Engineered on your favorite podcast subscription platform. Thanks again. Have a great day.